Welcome to the jungle, baby. The concrete jungle. You're listening to Rapcast, the got only. Funny games. No, we've got <laughs> rhymes and games. This is a rap podcast. We've not rhymed yet. I well, we're gonna review. He'll rhymes. rhyme in time. Hey, here we go. Thank you, oh, Dana. Gee. No one ever thought of that rhyme before. I'm sitting here with Playa Dana, and I got pissed, Chris, and I am your host, Hot Dog. And not MC Hot Dog or something. No, MC Jizzy Hot Dog. Because he ain't no um, Snoop. I'm not. No, I'm hotter than Snoop. A hotter well, dog. You ain't no Snooper. And, and he's more covered in cum. Yep, just a hot dog drizzled in cum. <laughs> Welcome to Kinkcast. It is an adult. You know how Chicago has a certain style of hot dog. Mm-hmm. So does Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Kinkcast. It is a podcast that concerns itself with a sex-positive review of a different fetish or alternative review. Review discussion. Discussion. We're not the trisexuals. <laughs> We're not trying these things. It's We're just watching re- some pornography yeah. of it. We are a. I give this sexual experience a ten out of ten. We are a intellectual conversational. What? Why are you lying? Just <laughs> trying to get things warmed up. This could be somebody's first episode. So you lied to them. Yeah, gotta, gotta s- hook them in for at least three before they realize how much a lie. It was. Gotta sell them the magic beans, man. Um, this is a conversational show about kinks, fetishes, and alternative sexual lifestyles from a sex-positive perspective. Uh, and that about puts it the only truthful thing you've said all day. Okay, that that that, that is that. My name is not DJ Cumdog. I'm not. Now that's a good. That's a good. I am not DJ Cumdog or whatever it was that I said earlier. I'm Tommy, and then I'm sitting here today with my lovely co-hosts. Please introduce yourselves. I am Chris. Wait, are we actually? Wait, playing? I thought we were doing a fucking we we're intro games. games. We're, we're going to do an intro game, but that's okay. how we introduce ourselves. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, Dana, just say who you are, real quick. Just say your name so people don't for consistency. Confused. What's up? I'm Dana. Thank you, Dana. Thank you very much. Um, so today we will be delving into hybristophilia, which is the it's not attraction to very high breasts. I actually thought that hybristophilia was going to be something that has to do with bristles, so it's going to be like. Like the feeling of like a broom mm-hmm. Ooh, or a bris where a uh, little Jewish boy gets the end of his penis cut off. Yeah. But no, it's a sexual. Or a hubris, which is not far from a hybris. What is the etymology of hybristophilia? Is a hybris a serial killer? Anyways, this is the sexual attraction <laughs> to serial killers and other horrifying human beings or just serial killers? Murderers. To be very clear, it is not sexy serial killers because. That's not a thing. No, this is the sexual attraction to serial killers. So we will not be discussing very much the like profile of Dexter Morgan or some bullshit like that. We will be discussing the women mostly who are attracted to to Dexter Morgan, to Dexter Morgan, which is a certain kind of woman um, and a certain kind of man too, I'm sure. So oh, I think it's pretty go. obvious. Oh, you have the etymology. Yeah. What is it? It comes from the Greek word hubrizin, meaning to commit an outrage against someone, and then um, which is all also connected to the word hubris hmm. and philo, meaning have a strong having a strong affinity or preference for. 
So I um, I hope we knew what that last one was. In popular culture, this phenomenon is also known as Bonnie and Clyde syndrome. Cute. Very cute. Wait, who's that? Those two people that they like, they made that movie about. They killed a bunch of people. Uh, one of them was a sheep girl. The other one was some kind of like ten foot tall slender monster. Toy Story. And no, this is more like eighteen hundreds pre Civil War. They went around like rural Florida killing alligators. Yeah. Just you mean Dog the Bounty Hunter and his wife? Ha ha ha. So I, I think, just want to be clear, you do know Bonnie and Clyde was not 1800s pre-Civil War, right? They also were was not a sheep okay, person I man. I just want to be sure. <laughs> we're a fact-based, facts-based show, but sometimes... You can't bo- have two non-straight men. <laughs> what's, the, what's the opposite of a straight man? A uh, wackadoodle. Oh. Anyways. String man, a straw so man? Before we delve men. too oh. much in comedy. Oh, okay, got it. Before we delve too much into today's topic... I thought that we would uh, play a little game, and I think this one's kind of fucking obvious what this one's going to be. Who? Who is it? Who, who would you do? Who? Which one are you fucking? You got to choose one. Which one are you fucking? Oh, I'm going to let you guys go first. See, I kind of hate this question because I try not to idolize serial killers. They're all a bunch of fucks. I try not to look pic- at pictures of them. I, I just try to not, like, give them... Because, like, we live in this... I think I only know what BTK and uh, Ted Bundy look like. We live in this... I don't know most of them. Biz- oh, John Wayne Gacy. Bizarre society where, like, someone opens fire on a church and kills 14 people. And we, we hate them and we vilify them. And there are racial connotations there, but I'm not getting into those right now. But, like, someone sneaks around the countryside 30 years ago and dismembers women... And it's like, oh, he was a cool, tortured soul. Like this, uh, it's funny this is coming out when it is because everyone's flipping out about the Ted Bundy documentary. Mm. And and as much as it's a well-made documentary, it it kind of glorifies the dude. It kind of uh, kind of makes it like, oh, Ted yeah. Bundy, the biggest set of balls in the country. And like, I fuck would off. fuck Carl Panzram. That's a good choice. Carl Panzram was from the thirties, twenties. I think so. He was also very into the R word. Just, uh, uh, which one? The. Does it rhyme with a kind of monkey, or does it rhyme with a kind of tartar sauce? I would have said Reese's if he was a fan of the peanut butter cups. (laughs) Reese's doesn't rhyme with Reese's. (laughs) Reese's rhymes with Reese's. Carl Panzram is very much a... He he, was a serial rapist. Well, what what he was, he was a, like... He was a video game. He lived his life like yeah. it was Grand Theft Auto. He just went around stealing vehicles, burning shit down, and murdering. Like, he was the guy who walked out of the prison and then walked back in, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was that, a monster. That story fascinates me. Yeah. That he actually did feel empathy. He was just so broken as a human being that it, he didn't care. Uh, my, so who would you do? Carl Panzerham. Okay. Uh, I think that uh, usually I, I try to be open-minded and I will choose a man in these circumstances. Mm-hmm. But uh, purely out of fascination and curiosity, I'm going with Eileen Wernos. Who's that? <laughs> um, Charlize Theron. Apparently, if you put enough makeup on her, she'll look like Charlize Theron. That's what... what everyone talks about how amazing it was. Is that, that a monster? Yes. Yes, that is what <gasps> How amazing oh. Charlize Theron could be that ugly. But in actuality, I took that as, oh, look at how pretty Eileen Warnos could be. <laughs> so if you take Eileen Warnos, you give mm-hmm. her like a nice makeover. And then, you know, you lie in bed with her while she talks about Independence Day, July 4th, motherfuckers. 
She, she'd kill you. Yeah, she probably would. That's what she did with her lovers. Not except all for, of them. Except for her lesbian lovers. No, there was. she hooked up with the man from uh, Slow Ride. Foghat. <laughs> she claims that she did. Oh, she did. She also said he has the smallest penis in the world. Well, maybe that's why she spared him. And maybe that's why I would be spared. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm going to go with Eileen Wuornos. I, I think that uh, if I learned anything from Charlize Theron, we could really make uh, Eileen Wuornos into a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. She also <laughs> had, uh, she has very interesting eyes. I feel like if you look into them, it's it's like, uh, it's piercing the veil of reality. So you're going to like pretty and pink her or something? We're <laughs> pretty and pink Eileen Wuornos, yes. <laughs> you just have a montage where you put makeup on her and turn her around and make her look at herself in the mirror. So we have to keep... I think that the three of us at this table are very, or I don't know about you, Dana. I know me and Chris are very well-versed in serial killer lore. I wish I knew more. It's okay. not something I've ever really been really big into. Well, gonna... I mean, except for like, okay, no lie. Like, I've read a dozen or more books on like Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper's cool, though. But like and modern. not a serial killer. Yeah. Because he might not be one person. Right. But uh, uh, like for modern serial killers, I'm pretty. So. You should be our audience surrogate on today's episode, and if you hear <laughs> okay. if you hear a name you don't recognize, please ask us because I'm sure yeah. that someone in the audience doesn't know either. Sure, Who's the absolutely. Guy who owned the house, like the America's first serial killer. Oh, he was in either Houston or Chicago. <gasps> he was he in a Chicago murder house. Yeah, and it was the Devil Holmes. in the White City. It was H um, H Holmes. H H Holmes. See, there you go, Dana. See, I knew that one. He's fascinating. Yeah, he had like you a should whole... bang him, but apparently yeah. he looks like weird. No offense. I don't know. I watched a documentary on him once, and it seems like he was able to like pick up people. He had. He essentially had House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Almost all of these people are able to pick up people because they have no like empathy. So, Mm -hmm. like, they're all super charming. charming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that really is all it takes to be a very vampire-ish kind of. No, absolutely. The charming kind of. Mm -hmm. Alluring kind of. I mean, you know about Albert Fish, don't you? No, I don't. He's super hot. Just say Albert Fish and just be done with it, Dana. That's what my recommendation is to you. Oh, actually, I. Don't say Albert Fish. He's horrifying. I have to say, like, I've been caught up in this this interest in uh, Ted Bundy because. He does look handsome in that picture you pulled up. Some of these pictures that I've seen of him, I'm like. All right, yeah, he, I mean, if you look at his eyes, you're like, fuck that guy's nuts. But then at the same time, you're like, I want to fuck that guy's nuts. So that's a so weird way to fight. I don't advocate yeah. for violence on this show. At least I no. try not to. And no. especially when, when speaking in a microphone, I do not like to talk about like violence being cool or glorifying violence. I would gladly execute Ted Bundy. I hate Ted Bundy. Isn't he dead? Didn't He's dead. Oh, he got okay. fucking fried. Okay. You get put fucking put him in a chair, and that's like I'm against I'm against the death penalty. Yeah. But I would have instated it for fucking Ted Bundy. I hate Ted Bundy mm-hmm. and all his smarmy fucking like smiling at the camera, blaming other things. Mm-hmm. There's this appeal he did like two or three days before he was executed. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I keep talking to all these violent offenders, and they're all really into pornography, so it kind of leads me to believe, like, really, you know, pornography is the problem with society, not not you know men. So he was wasn't really I, sex positive. No. I actually dislike BTK more because... I hate BTK. He was going on on the stand and being like, 
thank you for your sacrifice. Your daughter did such a fucking... Like, go, he, he was going to the... Fam- or he was addressing the families of the victims and, like, describing his crimes and being like, mm-hmm. it was so exquisite. So let's actually break into today's topic by discussing yeah. general uh, fascination with serial killers. And I, I, as much as I hate being sex negative, I do think it is extremely toxic to glorify these people. Mm-hmm. And even in everyday conversations, we're talking about, like, oh, fuck Bundy, fuck BTK. It almost seems to imply, like, oh... One of these guys is cool. Like, oh, Dylan Roof, pretty neat guy. Oh my god! No, like fuck no. all of these people. They had a fuck whole, killers. They had a whole TV series about how cool a serial killer was. Dexter, Dexter Morgan, which inspired an actual murder. Yes. What was that guy's name? Who cares? Raleigh Bing Bong, <laughs> a terrible human being. He's still alive. So fuck him. Let's okay. never say his name. Like sitting here talking about this in our little circle here, like it's easy for us to. Feel like be angry towards these people and like we have we're grossed out by what they've done but then there's somehow some people that are like intrigued and like find it alluring and sexy that some of these guys can do this i think it's a whole part of like the things we've done about like vampires and uh fucking in cemeteries where Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's like being attracted to someone who is so close and in tune with death right because death is the finale it's the ultimate like goal of life it's the only antithesis to sex sex yeah. and death are equals yeah, yeah. um and taxes I, I, that's I, why yeah. everyone gets horny around tax season yeah that's probably true <laughs> honestly um, what you can do numbers my panties just got down <laughs> but uh <laughs> i kind of wish i i viewed it as like taking a fantasy too far it's kind of like and i'm obviously not comparing my little pony fans mm-hmm. to people who are interested in serial killers but you look at someone who's like sexually like aroused by my little pony mm-hmm. and it's like yeah that's a little odd but then you take that to the next level of someone who can't differentiate my little pony from reality right and i view that as something similar of like oh you like jack skellington and you really like um texas chainsaw massacre and you have a t-shirt for house of a thousand corpses and like say you're sexually attracted to pinhead that's quirky and it's kind of like cool and you can go to horror conventions that's one thing but when you start dedicating like a tumblr to how uh the Columbine shooters didn't do anything wrong and how you're sexually attracted to the Columbine shooters as victims and you become a fucking apologist for human scum murderers. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Boston City Bombers. Yes. It's a break from fucking reality. Right. And and to even take that into a sexual level too, like the fact that they're not only doing that, but they're also like wanting to become romantically involved with some of these people that have well, done things like this. It's also like the ultimate bad boy. Yeah. It's like... One of the main attractions, well, in my opinion, one of the main attractions that people have towards, like, bad boys is that they just don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. they'll do what they want to do. Fuck society. They put their Ray-Bans on and ride away on a motorcycle without a helmet. Right. Or underwear. Ain't nobody gonna scare me. Well, what's interesting (laughs) is that it does occur more in women than men. Um, That would make sense because there's also... Much less female serial killers than male. Right. Um, but We've it turns out... one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, there's also two different categories of hybristophiliacs. I think I said that right. There's the passive type, um, which is basically the ones that send, like, fan mail and stuff to serial killers. Um, 
They're sometimes known as SKGs, the serial killer groupies. Um, They have no desire in taking part in criminal activity yet are attracted to men behind bars. These women will usually are usually delusional, and we try to find excuses for what the and we'll try to find excuses for what the criminal did. Uh, they will develop relationships with criminals and feel that they are special, even though that their lover may have killed numerous people. He would never harm her. They usually feel that they can change their lover and have rescue fantasies. Passive hybristophiliacs tend to put themselves in positions to be seduced, manipulated, and lied to by the people that they fall for. Because that's kind of like a whole like taming the beast kind of fantasy yeah and also i feel like a part just of misunderstood is i called it being an apologist earlier mm-hmm. but finding excuses or finding ridiculous ways these people can be innocent i feel like that right. probably fits under passive as well uh-huh. i remember that happening for it was richard ramirez where right. he had tons of groupies yes he did. and some of the groupies were saying i look into his eyes and i know that he's too kind to have done this mm-hmm. and then there are other girls who are like i just think i could change him well it also is interesting or kind of funny to point out that uh most of the serial killers that do have these rapid fans are uh the more attractive serial killers and then you have people like btk who has almost no fans john wayne gacy had fans sexually Mm -hmm. was he one of the ones that had like a lot of male fans though Mm -hmm. he had pen pals he had pen pals and for those uninformed john wayne gacy was the clown killer who was a remarkably unattractive man He's a very large man. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer lobotomized to make zombies. Uh, Good old, uh, what did I just say? John Wayne Wayne Gacy killed 14-year-old boys with a 14-inch dildo. He has... Oh my gosh! Or maybe it was feet long. I I thought he killed them first. No, he stuffed it up their anus until it fucking ruptured their bowels. There's no reason John Wayne Gacy should be a household name. He's a fucking monster. He did Holy nothing crap. cool. He's not fun. You shouldn't have a t-shirt with Gacy on it. You shouldn't buy a doll of cool little Gacy. That's fucking lame. John Wayne Gacy also, was a piece of shit. Was he also the one that drove the VW Bug? I think that, that was... Ted Bundy. That, uh, what's his face? Drove a bug. Or not a bug. Uh, drove a van. Uh, oh. Uh, Manson. Yeah, Somebody's Manson. bug VW is van. in the, um, the Museum of Crime and Punishment in Washington, D.C. I wonder if that was the to do the candy man in Houston, Texas. There's too well, many of these fuckers to keep up with. The them. one that killed a shitload of little boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. So, he, well, the guy he's mentioning the candy man killer. I don't know if that was his actual name. Supposedly has the record for most kills by a serial killer. But once they broke the record, they stopped looking for bodies. Yeah. And oh my gosh. They, I wish I could remember his name. Yeah. They, they had a berry, like the berry site, uh-huh. and they dug up like 44 bodies. And then at the time, that was the record for serial killers. And so the chief of police of Houston Police Department said to stop looking. He was shot by his own companion because he had been manipulating boys into helping him murder. <gasps> piece of shit. They're all oh, pieces of shit. None of these people are cool. And he never got caught officially because he was killed by his subordinate. So did he have people that were... Oh, that's right. He got shot. Got so shot. obviously didn't get to do the whole so, jail yeah, time I, thing. I think a major part of this fetish is going to be people who glorify ones who got caught and are in jail. Right. But that just kind of fits into the whole jail fantasy. Yeah, for right. that one in particular, the police were not even really investigating it. Because mm-hmm. they were just assuming the boys were all running away because it was a poor neighborhood. But that's wow. uh, that fits right in with the fetish itself of the, the idea of being in love with a prisoner. Sure. Which is... 
the idea that someone is out there stewing for you, like, Mm -hmm. while in captivity. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that being, like, a deeply romantic, like, sexual lust. Well, there's also a thing where it's, like, they can't cheat on you. So, because I I have... Not with any ladies. I, allegedly, uh, a lot of the women that are into this are, uh, come from abusive relationships. Uh, where they have been, like, you know, beaten and cheated on, and this is someone who kind of mirrors what their old love was. Mm-hmm. They but are they're protected. They're brutal, but they can't ever touch them. Right. Okay. Um, well, I, I will tell you about the second type here of the aggressive hybristophilia. So there's the passive, but then there's also these this grouping here. Um, they're basically complete opposites. They're willing to help out their lovers with their criminal agenda by luring victims, hiding bodies, covering crimes, or even committing crimes. Um, they're attracted to their lovers because of their violent actions and want to receive love, yet are unable to understand that their lovers are psychopaths who are manipulating them. Both passive and aggressive hybrosophiliacs tend to end up in abusive or unhealthy relationships. You know what this reminds me of? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was... <clears throat> oh, you're fine. Is you're that fine. the uh, male and female serial killer couple from England? No, this actually reminds me of the recent Slenderman uh, attempted murder. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not joking around either. I thought you were talking about the Slenderman... Uh... Like creepypastas that yes. are like romantic? Those fit in too, though. I mean, have you you remember the Slenderman case where those two girls lured their classmate like four in the years woods ago now? Oh, and stabbed her, and uh-huh. she almost bled out. Yeah, they stabbed so, her like fourteen I mean, times. It was just something. that was like a wanting to be like Slenderman's like slaves because like they were so like I don't know if it was necessarily romantic or sexual, mm-hmm. but it was this like desire to be an accomplice to this like grand force. I think but Slender Man isn't real. No, right? But it's just, the same psychology. Yeah, and I mean, and that fits in uh, again with like the and for those girls, it wasn't though because they thought that if they killed that girl, they were actually going to meet this figure. So to them, Slender Man was real. Yeah. So it fits right in with the fetish. Yeah, they want right. to be like apostles to Slender Man. Yes, and I I would be speaking out of turn if I said there was a sexual aspect to it. I would not be surprised if there was. Right. I, I mean. Maybe because they they were like fourteen. At any rate, so. you can read creepypastas of people where it just turns into like corny sex dramas of right. like them becoming the sex slaves to different kinds of monsters. That makes sense. Um, so, I mean, the hard part that's hard to understand is like why would anybody ever begin getting into or being turned on by? Um, a serial killer. So basically it says that psychologists see this as a form of biological perspective from a biological perspective. Um, is, is the idea that when you're in prison, you go up and you, you punch the biggest guy there. So everyone knows you got a big dick. It's that same principle, but, but applied to like heteronormativity of if you can be the mate of the scariest, most dangerous man, you are somehow more safe yeah, I would assume that uh, so. you know goes back to like monkey brain kind of shit where it's like you know I I want to be with the strongest killerist dude. I don't want no Twitch streamer. I want an actual killer. I don't need no Twinkie Twitcher. <laughs> Sheila Sheila Eisenberg wrote a book called Women Who Love Men Who Kill. 
Um, and she actually interviewed a lot of these women that are hyperstophiliacs and says that the women are seemingly normal. They're teachers, nurses, and wives. She found that many of these women, however, had a history of abusive and violent relationships. Some of these women See? knew the exact nature of their relationships. That is morally, that is, it is morally wrong to be in love with a killer, while other women were extremely delusional and had idealized fantasies of their relationships. It should be noted that most of these women do not truly know that the, the men that they are in love with. These women mostly communicate with these men via letters and only meet them for one or two hours at a time uh, during jail visits. In fact, most of these women spend more time fantasizing about how their relationships would be if the killer was not in jail. And that's um, kind of the perfect relationship because it's right. however you imagine it. Exactly. Uh, this phenomenon involved a complicated series of reasons. The first reason is that if you are in a relationship with a man behind bars for life or a man on death row, then you have a lot of control over the relationship. You can decide when to make the visit, when to accept the phone call, or if you will accept the phone call. And if you are that man's primary link to the outside world, um, it's, it's a very, world. yeah, it's a very powerful position to be in. Since most of these women were previously abused, psychologists believe that these women enter their relationships as a way to redo or rewrite their pasts. Um, the, this time, the man is behind bars and cannot harm the woman, while the woman has all the power in the relationship. However, the killers know what they are getting into. Serial killers tend to be very charismatic and intelligent people. These criminals have an unlimited mm. amount of free time in prison and manipulate these women that admire them. They carefully study the women and learn about their personalities and weaknesses and prey on them. I would like to combat one part of that statement. Intelligent? Okay. Is that serial killers are intelligent. I is one of the biggest pieces of horse shit. I, I, I think that serial killers... Skate by, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to bring this into the episode. Yeah. Serial killers get by on white privilege. Mm -hmm. They get by on bad police departments. They get by on uh, like wealth privilege by killing poor people. Right. And they get by on uh, just having the simplest grasp of how to get away with a crime. There's nothing intelligent about being a criminal. Right. Like, and I mean that for white collar crime. I mean that for shoplifting a Snickers bar. Mm -hmm. Like it does not take intelligence. It just takes fucking like guts. That right. was that was something I want to bring up is because it has been propagated by the media since like at least the early nineties and before that, uh, depending upon the book. Silence the books of the Lambs. Uh, Silence of the Lambs and uh, and like Dexter. Mm -hmm. Like it's about these charismatic sexy powerful men that are super intelligent and able to pull off any crime mm -hmm. that's not a serial killer though a lot of them are just lucky right <laughs> and i mean you look at the most the most successful serial killer in the united states is uh was legally mentally handicapped his iq was like to the point where he should not have been able to graduate high school Wow. and he got away with this is the green river killer oh, he got wow. away with something like 63 murders because he was killing black prostitutes and no one was noticing that they were disappearing. Well, and I mean, if you if you really start like reading true crime stuff and you like you delve into the serial killer thing, mm -hmm. you begin it the way I'm sure a lot of these people at the fetish do, where you think like, wow, these are some sort of like mystic genius man who has a, a magical sexual relationship with death. No, they're just fucking perverts who went around raping people and killing people. Right. It, yeah. It's crazy to me that like uh, the the reason it's hard to catch serial killers is. Because they are killing people with no connection to them. Because mm -hmm. almost all murders are motivated by having a personal connection. If right. you Today, I'm any of us could walk out of this house and kill someone 50 miles away and then just go home. 
and you would never get caught. Well, and you would think about like this digital age. You go back to the 70s, no one has a cell phone, no house has security cameras. And then you talk about like no one's heard of a serial killer. No one, uh, DNA evidence is not what it is. Mm-hmm. And then especially you kill poor people, you kill African Americans, you kill gay people. The police don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So these people are not geniuses. They're not intelligent. And a lot of times they're not charismatic. We just lend them this Hollywood gravitas when they're no more special than your average fucking criminal. You mean the same thing about uh, like Al Capone? Mm-hmm. Literally mentally handicapped. Like had an IQ like like in the 60s mm-hmm. was not an intelligent person he would just kill anyone that ever crossed him and was just making money illegally mm-hmm. and since he was killing anyone he became the boss and but like he was incredibly stupid mm-hmm. but i mean you you understand what the fantasy is because i'm not going to sit here and, and like shit on on the actual like thematic uh the the, the uh the, the mythos of it because, of course, we love that shit in popular culture. Like, t- two of my favorite, like, fictional characters are Tony Soprano and Walter White. Horrible yeah. fucking murderers. Yeah. But at the same time, you can separate the fact that you're just... You need to be able to separate reality from from, uh, fi- from fiction. And the notion that serial killers are cool, are suave, are intelligent, mm-hmm. are charismatic, are somehow mystical, all of that is bullshit. Who's the dude who, who raped that girl behind a dumpster and didn't go have to go to jail for it? The uh, swimmer from Yale. Um, our favorite yeah. podcast listener on a different oh, podcast. Oh, what crap. was his name? Oh crap! I I don't know. I've I feel I'm ashamed I can't remember it. it. But like any serial killer from Ed Gein, Green River, none of them are any more special than him. None of them. And 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 if anything, if we, if you can weigh crimes and weigh sins, they're worse fucking people than him. If. If they were smart, they would not be in jail. And that, that's a, a fucking creepy thing to think about, is that the best serial Brock Turner. Ever. Brock Turner. Fuck him. Fuck Brock Turner. Fuck every name that we're having to say. But yeah, if if they were intelligent, they would not be they would not be in jail. They would not be serial killers. They would be fucking running Blackwater or some shit like that and going around ordering people to murder other people and getting away with it legally. If you're an intelligent person who wants to see people die, you just fucking sign up to work for Dick Cheney or some shit. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a reason all CEOs, or most CEOs, are sociopaths. Mm-hmm. Psychopaths. So, they register as actual psychopaths. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. But hybristophilia. Fuck it. Yeah. I do have some interesting um, examples here, if y'all would like to go through a few. Um, Doreen Loy fell in love with Richard Ramirez. Um, wasn't he the Night Stalker? He was the Night Stalker. Okay. He killed 13 people. They got married at the San Quentin prison in California. Um, women still sent him fan mail and marriage proposals. Still. He is an unintelligent, chronic masturbator who murdered babies. Not a cool guy. Yeah. One great thing about him, he's above polygamy. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get married to any of those other women. I'm kidding. Fuck him. Right. Uh, Carol Ann Boone married Ted Bundy during his trial. Uh, He may have killed anywhere from 30 to 100 people. Bundy proposed to her in the courtroom when Boone was being questioned on the stand, and they had a daughter together because back then they still had conjugal visits. Uh, But Boone visits today, just not for crimes like that. uh, I don't think they have any conjugal visits you can have anymore. Conjugal. It depends on some prisons. Depends if you're a rich white man who worked for a bank. That's true. Um, they did have a daughter together, but Boone got a divorce and changed her name and then disappeared. 
Um, Charles yeah. Manson and the Columbine High, high School shooters also have groupies. Uh, Scott P- Peterson, who murdered his pregnant wife uh, within hours of being convicted for his crime, received his first of numerous marriage proposals. Real quick to clarify there, just because grouping Manson and the Columbine shooters together. Yeah. Manson lived out the rest of his life in prison where he was able to interact with his groupies. Dylan Klebold and dumb fuck number two, mm-hmm. uh, they died at Columbine High School. Um, and they, they really? yeah, they fucking, they shot, one of them shot the other one in the head. No, they both shot themselves. Oh, okay. The, the, if they had actually gone through with their plan, a lot more people would have died. They are. But they're cowardly pieces of shit that killed themselves before killing a bunch of other people because they were too cowardly to kill themselves by themselves. Mm-hmm. They're probably my least favorite human beings. And I would like to dedicate an entire conversation just to, um, Columbine apologists. I had a whole argument with, uh, someone over, a family member over Christmas who was uh, talking about how they were uh, bullied. They were not bullied. And I was like, they were fucking bullied. Or Dylan Klebold himself was a bully. The other one was just someone no one cared about. He was the other. Eric Eric Harris was a bully. Eric was the bully. Dylan, like, no one even, like, paid attention. Dylan Klebold was a lackey, and he mostly just shot up the school because he was in love with a girl. There is a, like, septic diarrhea level of irony in the fact that Dylan Klebold, this fucking inhuman piece of shit, who had the opportunity to stop that shooting... And that he liked a girl. The girl wouldn't like him back. If that girl had fucking, like, made eye contact with him once, he would have taken his toxic masculinity and, like, not gone through with the shooting. And now he's celebrated on the internet from, I'm going to fucking say it, borderline retarded people. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to apologize for these people or be sexually attracted to them. And yeah. they were not bullied. They were bullies. They're horrible people. Stop trying to sympathize oh, with serial killers. Even if they were bullied, that doesn't give them the right yeah, to fucking take guns to school and shoot people for fun. There's a whole narrative around killers now that you have to find out why they did it and you have to sympathize with them. You don't sympathize with them. They fucking mur- murdered people. Mm-hmm. They're horrible people. Sure, they went through shit. You know who else goes through shit? Every fucking person on the face of the planet every fucking day. High school is rough on all of us and we <clears> never even thought about shooting it up. Did you think about shooting up? No one no. seemed to agree. I never did. No, I just didn't think that needed anything. It didn't need to be added to because everyone knows that. Everyone's had a fucking tough life. But unless you're fucking Tom Brady married to fucking Giselle. Trying to. <laughs> fucking billionaire who's married to a billionaire. <laughs> feeling sorry for these people is something that. Glorifying them, I can almost understand just the way our culture has a really fucked up sense of sex and violence. Oh, yeah. Like putting them on t shirts because it's like funny. Ha ha. John Wayne Gacy is my hero. Ha ha. Very funny. You're so cute. You're so edgy. Ha ha. Pinhead's not real. John Wayne Gacy is. I'm so cool. That That's one thing. It's like an obnoxious joke. At least Pinhead mm-hmm. was handsome. Uh, being an apologist for them is like another layer of stupidity. But it's difficult for me to express this because on this show we try to never, even if it's an unhealthy fetish or even if it's an unhealthy sexual desire, we try to never say, hey, your brain is broken because you think that way. Mm -hmm. But I honestly want to on this way, uh, on this episode, just because in a similar way of, uh, I would never give sympathy to someone who's like, I can only get off if I'm strangling a woman to death. It's like, fuck you, your brain's broken. Yeah. You You should be sexually castrated like or at least mentally castrated for the sense of your sexual desires are so out of line with like a, a proper human society mm-hmm. you have no business having sexual it, desires yeah, if you want to right. if you need to murder someone to get off you 
if you have ever 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 get off you cannot be in a sexual community (laughs) if you have any self-awareness whatsoever and you're not like a psychopath or a sociopath you should be able to take it upon yourself to be like there's something wrong with me Mm -hmm. and i've been through a bunch of therapy and i should be castrated because there's nothing that i can do to stop me from doing this and there are people that have brains that are broken like that there's been instances where people uh, one man in particular that i can think of i can't think of his name uh had a traumatic brain injury and after the brain injury as he so he claims uh went from being a you know healthy stable father with a healthy stable relationship with his wife to uh being addicted to child pornography in a way that he could not ever stop it mm-hmm. and that he was just waiting for the cops to catch him. Mm-hmm. He should have taken it upon himself to turn himself in, but so be it. Supposedly, again, according to him, no desire for child pornography before this injury. And then I believe they did some kind of surgery on him that like fixed it. Mm-hmm. And he had no desire afterwards. He still spent, like, you know, all the fucking time in prison. Uh, the same way that we regard no sympathy towards people whose sexual desires involve trampling the sexual liberty of others, right. I find no reason to um, allow, celebrate, or glorify someone who wants to partake in or reward people who want to trample the sexual liberty of others. Mm-hmm. I just think that that's entirely... 1000% repulsive. Um, and if it's for play, like if you have like a very childish understanding of this and you just kind of like role play, like my boyfriend role plays as a serial killer, mm-hmm. that's fine. That's, that's absolutely harmless. That's nothing. We all have a jokey relationship with this shit. And as much as we're acting so tough here, I'm sure that at some point in the past, we've had a long running joke about a serial killer or something. And it is what it is. But to well, actually go through with it. Yeah. Well, we've talked about some serial killers and, um, I don't know. We've talked about them on the show before, but I don't think we've ever gotten to talk about the people who are attracted to them. And so that's why I think it's, it's such an interesting thing. Well, it is. It's people, such an interesting fetish. It's as I suppose, and you talked about, right. It is people for the most part who have been in abusive relationships and yeah. use it as a way to control a relationship mm-hmm. that it's almost like, they have been so hurt by someone else that they are now in a state where they cannot have a healthy relationship. Right. I, I would also make the argument, you know, it gets said every week, but you know, you cannot create a roadmap for psychology. The human brain is too complicated. So this is going to have many different causes, and I don't think it all has to be abuse. I, I think that the way a lot of people get caught up in um, – romanticizing a serial killer is just kind of purely through shock value. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I can, I can imagine plenty of people who are not in any kind of abusive situation, have never been abused, but they very much enjoy shocking their friends and family by like what they're interested in. And mm-hmm. it's kind of this game of chicken of pretending to be into something so much that finally you end up genuinely obsessed with it. Well, and then for young people, it's like a lot of people gain a, a, Young people always like attention. Mm-hmm. And one of the main ways to do that is to be transgressive. Push so, the boundaries. Yeah, yeah. To wear t-shirts that say, Hail Satan. Mm-hmm. To, to stick your tongue yeah. to frozen ice poles. To, or metal poles. Well, and, <laughs> that's a weird one. But to, but to be like, you know, you're 
hailing Satan, saying six six six, and I still do that because I think that's a lot less harmless. But that, but they're doing it to get like the attention of you know older people, and I do it for attention. It, it yes. kind of grows into like okay, well, this is now going to be my identity. Mm-hmm. So I have to keep becoming even more edgy and becoming more of an edge lord. And okay, well, now I'm into Eileen Warnos. Mm-hmm. Did you make fun of me? <laughs> um, I would never king shame you, Tommy, for being into Eileen. Um, I mean, sorry, for being into Charlize Theron, who is pretending to be Eileen, pretending to be Charlize Theron. That makes me confused. Well, Sexually? Or? I, I'm glad that we've gotten to kind of talk about this, because this is something that's hot in terms of pop culture and things like that. Like, these, these names are people that, you know, everybody knows. I think it's just, it's very much... People have difficult understanding that you can play with thoughts Mm -hmm. and and that, you know, we as an American subconscious have an entire mythos of like ideas that are fun to play with. Mm -hmm. And in a perfect world, there would be no murders, but you'd still play with the idea of murder. That's very much part of being a 14 year old. That's where like vampire stuff comes from is it's fun to think about these things and never act on them. Like... Being able to let out violent frustration, that's why I'm a huge, um, whenever people talk about how video games are harmful to society, I reject that. Is I, I would actually make the argument that in a lot of cases, being able to like play Hitman, which essentially is mass shooting simulator, it's a terrible right. game, love it to Not death. If you play it correctly, it's single shooting simulator. But uh, accidental death, silent assassin. Not if you play that game the wrong way. Uh, quick advice to you out there, uh, especially if you work for the ESRB: playing Hitman the wrong way is a very fucked up game. It's as bad as The Sims. But a lot of the stuff <laughs> is, it's it's powerless people that are fantasizing about taking power back, and the most definitive way to take power is by murder. But which it's fun to think about. I mean, and I, I don't want to like out myself as a crazy person, but like sometimes when you're walking around, you think about this shit. Mm-hmm. You'd never do it. You would never harm another person. I would never hit someone with my car or any shit like that. But you think about it. Yeah, Someone really pisses you off in traffic or something like that, and you play with the idea of it. And, and I think part of being a healthy adult is rationalizing fantasy from reality. Mm-hmm. And w- when you're fucking, what is it, the hyperthyroid? What's the very front of the brain? Hypothalamus. The, the, the hypothalamus. Brain. And the hypothalamus the hyper, is just the like thyroid. Still, it's like it's like burning hot on the outside and like molten lava on the inside. It's like a hot pocket that's not fully cooked yet, and you can't differentiate between like, oh, I hate how I feel in high school. I wish I could just kill everyone, and that's like what a weird little thought to go to bed thinking. Versus, I'm going to start amassing weapons to do it. Right. And the thought versus the action. Oh, the the thought is something that everyone has. There's a psychological term for it that. Uh, call of the void. Yeah, I, I've so, always called it call of the void. It's a there's a French term for it. That's the official term. I just it's a French word, so I don't have it memorized. But uh, yeah, the call of the void. It's like whenever you look over the edge of a railing and think, "Oh, I could jump." Intrusive oh, thoughts. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's thoughts that everyone has, but until like the 1950s or something, no one ever labeled because no one ever wanted to talk about it and be like. This oh, is a no, real thing. I do, I do think about jumping off cliffs whenever I walk by a cliff. I mm-hmm. listened to a uh, NPR uh, segment that was about this man who developed a rare form of OCD where he was watching TV with his kids one night and there was a really violent stabbing scene on the TV and he became obsessed with the idea of stabbing his kids and wife. 
but like he was terrified of doing it. And so it's this really rare form of OCD where you become obsessed of doing something that you would never want to do. Mm-hmm. You heard about this? Mm-hmm. And so he had to go to like a psychologist and it's a psychologist who specializes in like call of the void OCD. Mm-hmm. And so he put a knife in the guy's hand and then brought the knife to the psychologist's own neck and said, kill me. And he's like, I, I would never do that. It's like, yeah, exactly. You would never do that. It's intrusive thoughts. You get it. You become obsessed with your own intrusive thoughts. Wow. Um, Except one day when that's like, no, just makes the wrong decision. <laughs> yeah, he's meets the wrong person. He's playing a dangerous game. Hannibal. Yeah. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it, it, the point of all of this is it's very fun to occupy the fantasy space in this. Mm-hmm. I am very excited to play the new Resident Evil game. I will watch any violent movie you have for me. I turned on one of the Friday the 13th movies to just put on in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, dozens and dozens of like nine-year-olds are just murdering each other with shotguns in Fortnite all day long. Oh my gosh. Which you can say that game is rated T. It's still people blasting each other with fucking shotguns while mm-hmm. doing funny dances. Right. But at the end of the day, we have fantasy and we have reality. I mean, and we have the same thing with Halo. Yeah. You killed someone, you teabagged them. Yes. <laughs> You have to occupy that space, and it's it's imperative that teachers and parents like talk to young children about this difference. Otherwise, otherwise you'll end up with fucking serial killers and the people sexually attracted to them. Right. So, really, what's important is not only for serial killers or people who are thinking about you know becoming serial killers or thinking about <laughs> acting <laughs> in that a- kind of a way. It's it's separating the action from the reality, like the thought from the reality. And I think that that goes to, um, I think that still applies also to people that are falling in love with or having sexual, you know, fantasies about serial killers. It's like, okay, where can you separate like the reality from, you know, the fantasy in your brain? Perhaps. So you, you brought up two kinds. Mm-hmm. I think there should be a third kind, which is like pseudo, uh-huh. which is people who just have been so engrossed in pop culture that are like, no, Hannibal Lecter's sexy and like yeah. that kind of thing. They're more like into the idea of what a serial killer is. Yeah. But that's more hypothetical to the point it almost exists outside of it. Because I, I pseudo. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that's accurate because I've met, I've met plenty of people like that who will be sexually attracted to Hannibal Lecter but if they met an actual murderer, they'd differentiate it. Mm-hmm. And it. It's interesting. You almost kind of see that look on people's faces sometimes when you have a discussion about a serial killer and they're talking about like Ted Bundy being cool. Like you were earlier. Yeah. We kind of talk about he's handsome, this and that. Yeah. But like to watch the expression change on your face as you kind of jokingly say, yeah, Ted Bundy's handsome. Mm-hmm. And then we go into what he fucking did in Florida of just like going into berserker mode of hitting women so hard that their skulls fractured mm-hmm. and just biting off parts of their tits like a rabid animal. And then the fact that he was allowed to stay of execution because of a pornography addiction. Oh my gosh. Like you start hearing those details and it breaks from the fantasy to reality. Yeah. Because really at the end of the day, that's where you get the serial killer. The, the idea of them being projected as like American folk tales is they did something that exists only inside of our subconscious. Mm-hmm. And because of that dreamlike state, to us, they're fictional characters. Ted Bundy is Jason Voorhees. John Wayne Gacy is uh, fucking uh, Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. But when you you have to be That's able to draw that line. John Wayne Gacy versus Freddy Krueger? No, John Wayne Gacy versus uh, uh, Ted Bundy. No, it wouldn't be interesting. It would just be two boring, milquetoast white dudes in a room together, and they both start laughing about how they fucking murdered people. And there's nothing and cool about that. they jerking off at the same time. 
Uh, okay, well, now I definitely wouldn't watch it. No, <laughs> I don't think they'd be jacking off together. Oh, no, okay. Ted Bundy wasn't into dudes. Oh, and John Wayne Gacy John wasn't Gacy. into men. He's into boys. Oh, oh got it, got it, got it. Women and boys. Well, that's nice. Yes. <laughs> that's nice. And these, these, the actions they take have much further, like, they, they spread out. Like, there's still people that, uh, apologist for, uh, what's his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, Roman Polanski. Yeah. <gasps> yep. That say the reason that Roman Polanski is fucked up and had relationships with children is because of his what happened to Sharon murdered. Tate. Mm-hmm. And that she, uh, she was murdered while pregnant. Mm-hmm. Consequences are really the ultimate identifier between, um, fantasy and reality. I and think that's just, true. Just like you can have fun watching a movie where literally half the population is murdered, but as long as they're not actual lives, it's just entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really should focus back on the fetish more. Well, that's uh, also I, why uh, like video games tend to focus on having uh, enemies that are like big block evil, like capital E groups, like the Nazis or zombies, something that is inhuman. And so evil that you can target it without having to worry about it. Yeah, it's not fucking school. That's why they don't allow kids in games. And uh, Bethesda got in trouble because there was almost a patch that allowed you to murder children. Oh my gosh! And it was a mod. It was. I thought that it was going to be DLC or something. It was removed from the game. At some no, point. it was. It was just a mod so that you could kill the annoying kids that were in the game. They were annoying, but you can't murder children, oh even gosh. virtual children. Even but, in Red Dead Two, when they steal from you. You can't pull your gun out and shoot them in the back to catch what you got. But in GTA Five, you can run over dogs and cats. You can also shoot them. You can shoot. You them. shoot a lot of pigeons in GTA Five. That's four. I think it's seagulls in five. Oh. Are there birds you can even kill in five? Yeah. Getting yeah. off topic. There are plenty of birds. There's all kinds of wildlife. <laughs> chickens. There's chickens in GTA Five. As far as sexual arousal to these, I keep trying to get back to that, but it just makes me so frustrated because I'm so frustrated by their glorification <laughs> whatsoever. Right. But there's just there's just not a ton to say. Well, we're not even glorifying them. I think it's it's mainly the goal of today is to talk about the people that are attracted to them, and like how could that be possible? How is that a thing that we can wrap our brains around? After all of these, some of these, you know, horrific crimes that have happened, like these guys have done, how can there still be people that are really into them? And now we know it's about control. It's about the fantasy. It's about, um, like you said, kind of becoming an apologist or, or trying Science to, fiction, like almost. trying to rectify in their own brains, oh, how, you know, mistreated is this person or misunderstood is this person that, you know, that he didn't actually commit this crime. I can save him. Have that, have that like savior kind of complex. And somehow in the midst of all of that, still be like sexually aroused or turned on by this particular yeah, person. And it's also like, you know, I can control <clears throat> the beast. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there's another aspect to it and that's that outcasts stick together. Mm-hmm. And that is such a horrible, like misunderstanding of what serial killers are. Cause serial they're killers, not outcasts. they're not outcasts at all. They're, they're for the most part. They're, yeah. they're predators. Some, there are some of them that are, but you imagine like, I, you imagine being like a goth kid or some shit or like the gay kid or just mm-hmm. one of the kids who's not accepted in the mainstream high school society. And I, very guilty of this. I was like the weird fat kid in my high school. And I remember like identifying with serial killers. Like I'm like Dahmer. And obviously I had, I was not going to kill anybody. I was mm-hmm. never going to kill anybody, but I read the serial killer books thinking like, Oh, these guys are just like me. They're misunderstood. And they, mm-hmm. they don't like other people. 
And that was a complete horseshit misunderstanding because zero killers are, in addition to not being magical, in addition to not being cool, Mm -hmm. in addition to not having any kind of mystical properties, they are also 100% not outsiders. Right. They're just anti-human. And an anti-human does not exist outside of society. Well, I mean, we talk about like, the chameleon blending in with society. I, I don't mean that either. I, I just mean, I don't think you could even call yourself an outcast from society if you were a literal drain on it. Not like, I, I don't mean someone who like, abuses welfare or something like that. A literal murderer of innocent people in a community. Right. Like some police officers. Yes. Unbelievable. Well, did y'all have any other notes or things to mention? Uh, I, I wasn't able to really find anything shop-wise. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of goofy <laughs> t-shirts. That have... I'm sure that there is. And I was looking for like, oh my gosh, do they have like Ted Bundy on a dildo or something? But I don't think that they I could do that. I wouldn't be shocked. So it's something I wasn't able to find much for. Was uh, there uh, groups on Fat Life? Um, I did not check. Okay. I didn't check. Uh, I, I did want to point out that uh, for like true crime stuff, yeah. Uh, the, like, overwhelming majority of people who are true crime fans are women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a, a lot of them who I have heard talk about why mm-hmm. uh, is because it is, like, they are the most preyed upon. And, like, it's kind of like a way of... The coping take, mechanism. It's, yeah, it's like a way of taking control. It's like, yeah, I hear about these killers... I, I listen to these killers. I hear the stories of these killers. Mm-hmm. And I also hear the stories of, like, the women who survived them. Right. Yeah, as it is, I think the the case with serial killers themselves, it's kind of this nexus point of control, mm-hmm. emotional abuse, and not being able to differentiate between fantasy and reality. And you could say that it's the exact same recipe to create someone who's sexually attracted to them. Right. It's just, it's just a mirror opposite. And I don't mean that in any kind of sexist way. But, I mean... It kind of all ties together. Overwhelmingly, if there was a fetish that it was okay to talk about heteronormativity, it's this one. Right. I mean, most... The female serial killers were not driven by a fetish. Like, the most serial killers... I would make the argument that almost all serial killers had a fetish. Mm-hmm. They just had a fetish that was bad. They're just fucking pedophiles and rapists. But female serial killers usually kill for a reason. Power. Money. Power, yeah. Jealousy. Jealousy. Well, they're it's a serial, serial killer. killer. Oh, okay, but, not serial killer. A, a female serial killer is going to kill for, for power, for mm-hmm. jealousy, or... Not for jealousy, for money. For money, sorry. That too. Very cool. Yeah, well, that, that's why Eileen Warnos killed people. It, it wasn't because... Well, there... Was she the one who said that she got hard for... Or not got hard. She got off from killing... There's no, a female serial killer that... was a serial killer. It was a one-time murderer. She killed two people after there was some sort of redneck fight between rednecks and... She said that every time she hit someone with an axe, it got a little wet. Uh, I she was she was the one who had the knives hanging up above her bed. Nah. Oh, that lady, she only killed one person too, the Australian lady. Both of these ladies claimed that they got sexual satisfaction from murdering a man, but it was only once. They splooshed. They, they got wet while murdering a man, which Fancy. I'm sure that exists. But, uh... There's no... I don't think that you can find hard evidence of anyone existing in modern society, or prehistorical society mm-hmm. uh pre-modern society of women who killed several men out of sexual like sexual addiction that's a good point hmm. very insightful well i'm glad we were able to talk about this and i think this is a pretty good thorough episode um because this is something that doesn't exist and it's something that 
Um, I think a lot of people are interested in, you know, like the psychology behind why this would be somehow attractive to people when for most people, their, you know, initial reaction to hearing about somebody who's committed crimes of this nature um, would be kind of turned away or disgusted or dismayed. I think the most repulsive human beings on the planet right now is someone who's ultra, ultra conservative and Mm -hmm. ultra rightist, but glorifies serial killers Mm -hmm. just because... I, I And I always bring up race, and I apologize that I can kind of be reactionary on that base, but I do think that there's a white privilege aspect to the way we glorify serial killers. They're all white men that we forgive for their crimes because we project some sort of weird mythos onto it. Do you guys see that as well, though? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all white men that are killing uh, minorities or put-upon groups. And it, it is a... And, and I can imagine, I can hear people rolling their eyes at that. It's mm-hmm. like saying it's typical liberal, but I, I, I'm stressing that I'm not reactionary in that way. Of mm-hmm. We we well, make these people heroes. It's typical liberal when it's like a statistical fact. True. Well, like the reason that the Candyman guy got away with it, he was killing young white men. Who were poor. Who were extremely poor. But he got caught because he killed one rich kid. Mm-hmm. Well, he he didn't get caught. He got caught because... Sorry. Who was it that got caught? Because it was John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy killed uh, he killed young boys who were very poor, mm-hmm. and then he killed one rich kid, and then immediately caught. Of course, yeah. Of course he, that's how the it uh, Candyman guy got caught because uh, his he didn't get caught. He would have gotten away with it forever. But then you, you just start comparing like famous crimes committed by black men, and then you start like looking at famous crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is true crime has a very vicious relationship with white supremacy mm-hmm. and I, and I refuse to apologize for that a lot of the people a lot of times when we remember famous black criminals we vilify them and then we glorify famous white criminals and then if you look at like famous victims mm-hmm. it's all pretty white people yeah famous oh, yeah. victims are all pretty white people yep that's um, true. or rich well it's or rich. they're the ones that are investigated right yes right I mean everyone knows the name of John Benet Ramsey and no one can name a single victim of the Green River Killer Right. No one can name a single victim by the Green River Killer. <laughs> Myself included. Mm-hmm. Myself included in that. Um, Jeez. That's crazy. Well, I'm glad that we're on this topic and I'm glad that we're talking about this because our episode next week is going to kind of tie into um, some of the stuff that we've discussed this week. Joe Benet Ramsey? It's people um, who are attracted to people who are attracted to people. No. Who kill people. Episode 73 is the incel movement. No. Fuck, that's going to be dark. Yeah, it's going to be good. And I think there it'll probably a, be a longer episode. There was an incel killer. Mm-hmm. Elliot Rogers, their patron saint. Yeah. So we'll we'll definitely get to I talking know. about that next, uh, next week for episode 73. In the meantime, um, I'm not sure we can even really assign an FDI to this. I would or, like to. Or any, oh, hey, go for it. I would absolutely like to. Um, I, I think it's a it's a very clear cut. The way a lot of these kind of fetishes work is it's a one or a five. Mm-hmm. There's really no middle ground on it. It's mm-hmm. just kind of it's an on or off switch. Either you can rationalize the fantasy and the fun of it. And again, as much as I've been very stern and kind of mean on this episode, mm-hmm. if you just like want to play pretend with your partner or like write like a dirty story or even role play consume media that has to do with it. And Mm -hmm. you just, you like the, you like the Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, like true crime shit. Yeah. There's 100% nothing wrong with that. There's not even any dangers to it, but you flip that switch into where you don't have a full and adult understanding of the separation between reality and fantasy. It's a fucking five. Mm -hmm. You're a fucking child. You still live in a nursery rhyme world, except you've infected your nursery rhyme world with fucking murderers. Mm -hmm. Go go get some help. <laughs> go get some Would help. Would you guys pretty much... I'm going to call it a five for different reasons. Okay. 
Uh, you're not doing any harm to yourself. You're doing a harm to society. Yeah. That you are glorifying the actions of a killer. You are providing sympathy for someone who deserves none. Uh, that what you are doing is trying to humanize the inhuman and Mm -hmm. they don't deserve what you, for people who are into this, what you are giving them. They don't care. They don't like, they like the attention and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like with the rewriting of history around Columbine writing that, Oh, they were bullied and that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't. This stuff has been rewritten by people who did try to sympathize and were in love with these kind of people. Mm-hmm. Like, we shouldn't rewrite history to glorify, to sympathize with the devil. Right. Yep. Unless I you are Miller, in which case, yes, continue. <laughs> Dead man who wrote a great literary piece of work. But, you know, there's arguments that we shouldn't show these people's names on the news. We shouldn't print them in newspapers. And, and I 100% stand by that. I, I think that... And while that conf- conflicts with freedom of press, mm-hmm. but as much as I, I would never be one to say we should silence the press on something, when someone goes into a mall and shoots five people, I don't want to see their fucking face. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be looking at their fucking face. We should yeah. mourn well, the loss. We should look at ways of, of providing... Adequate health care in a society, especially adequate me- mental health mental care. Healthcare. And we shouldn't fucking put the cover of Time magazine being some dipshit who just murdered 21 people. He didn't right. do anything great. He didn't do anything impressive. The the press has a responsibility with, as the freedom of the press to report on things that they want and to, re- to not report on things that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It should be. All the news that's fit to print, right? Dana, what would you give this on the FDI? I, you know, I don't even want to give it a rating, but frankly, if you are finding yourself sexually attracted to the point where you want to, um, leave your imagination and kind of make it a reality, I would definitely recommend going to see a medical, um, or mental health professional because I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to say that's a five. I I, I can understand why people do participate in this kind of thing Mm because it is... It is a coping mechanism for most of them. The fantasy is fun. I stand by it as much. I, I hate being hypocritical, but no, I mean the like they have been in abusive yes. relationships mm-hmm. before, and this is a way for them to have control over those past events to rewrite history. Yeah. Well, it's it's also been theorized that when a society begins to collapse, people become more interested in true crime mm-hmm. as a way of coping with what they feel like may be like a war or famine or disease. Uh, and I've heard that, uh, what I've heard speculated is that we're in a lot of political turmoil right now that looks like it might be a society on the collapse. And so people are turning to true crime as this way of kind of rationalizing the horrors that may come. Right, right. Hurt people, hurt people. Beautiful. Just how it goes. All right. Join the us next week. The that may come, a.k.a. the porn that I'm writing for my serial killer porn. So if you want to email us or get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. I, I especially would like to hear from someone on the subject uh, concerning a one where it's mm-hmm. just like a like a, a, a oh it's minor. just a phase it's just, just like a thing, thing. yeah um, how can they contact us uh, definitely reach out to us at kinkcast podcast on twitter um, at kinkcast podcast on facebook 
Um, you can also reach out to us at kinkcastpodcast at gmail.com if you want to reach us by email. We're more than happy to um, read your thoughts and, and you know give you some feedback. Or if you have suggestions or recommendations or corrections that we need to make, we're glad to hear them as well. So you should definitely join us next week for episode 72 on the incel movement. What's our next fun episode? The incel movement. No, no. It's gonna be making fun of those. Um, episode. I'm sorry. That was episode 73. Is the incel movement? Episode 74 is muscular women. Okay, that'll be a good time. I'm yeah. into that. Okay, yeah. that'll be fun. Fantastic. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Man of Tarth porn. Sign. But you uh, are. I'm sorry. I think you mean Captain Phasma. <laughs> you can't tell if she's about. I'm a Star Wars apologist. I'm